The Urbanist is brought to you in association with the Department of Culture and Tourism, Abu Dhabi. Sadiat Cultural District Abu Dhabi is a beacon of hope and inspiration. A catalyst to spark growth and collaboration with museums and experiences, where art and science and nature and technology coexist. The belief of Abu Dhabi that culture is the backbone of our society. Stay tuned for a special episode of the show, in which you can hear His Excellency Mohammed Khalifa Al-Mubarak explain exactly why and how Sadiat Cultural District Abu Dhabi is the perfect place to collaborate, create, and innovate. Sadiat Cultural District Abu Dhabi, proud partner of The Urbanist on Monocle Radio. Hello, I'm Andrew Tarkin. You're listening to Tall Stories on Monocle 24 brought to you by the team behind The Urbanist, the show all about the cities we live in. Today's tall story takes us to Boston to hear the story of a beloved and iconic feature of the city's skyline. Though its name may have changed, for Bostonites there is no mistaking the Hancock. We enlist the help of Monocle's Jessica Bridger, a true local, to tell us what this towering feature of Boston's urban environment really means to the city. Feeling like you have a personal relationship with a skyscraper seems ridiculous at first pass. Yet the best buildings become personal. They are beloved by many individually, iconic and symbolic, but also utterly subjective. For me, the knife-edge John Hancock Tower in Boston, Massachusetts has this quality and has had it ever since I can remember. I grew up in Boston, and the Hancock is one of the city's landmarks, even though a recent change in ownership and tenants means that the building is now technically called 200 Clarendon. It is, now, always and forever, the Hancock. The slim blue glass building is 241 meters tall, rising from Copley Square in Boston's Back Bay. The building's glass facade gives it a moody identity, mirroring the city's oceanside weather. It can be occluded in fog or resplendent in full sun. You can see snowstorms blow in before they hit, walls of white snow squalls sweeping across the Charles River and into the heart of the city, first reflected by and then enveloping the tower in white. The John Hancock Tower is a relic of Boston's financial services boom in the 1960s and 1970s as John Hancock and Prudential both majority life insurance companies at the time, duked it out in the East Coast and beyond and forever changed the Boston skyline in the process. Prudential's Boston Tower came first in 1964. It is still known as the Prue and is as ugly as a Boston sports bar on days when the Red Sox baseball team loses. It is clad in dark gray aluminum in its glass facade, which now seems retro. But the Hancock is, and always will be, more modern. Completed in 1976, the Hancock was not universally beloved from the start, but nearly 50 years later it has become a point of pride in Boston. 
Now, I could tell you a story about Boston disliking its modern icon at first, of groundbreaking engineering beset and nearly bested by falling glass panels, plywood replacements, and structural revisions. But that's not the point of this tall story. Construction faults can be fixed. The beautiful truth of pure form cannot be bested, even by physics. This tall story is about how urban adoration can build up layer by layer, year by year, like sediment as a city grows to love its singular structures, built by the bold and appreciated, eventually, by everyone each in their own way. Buildings like the Empire State in New York City, the Shard in London, or the Hancock in Boston become part of our personal mythologies. My dad worked for, and later with, John Hancock Life Insurance for most of his life. Some of my earliest memories are of looking up at the building, suitably impressed and proud. The Hancock was the beginning of my, and many Bostonians, love affairs with architecture and urbanism. My mom, ever clever at making things, even made me a Halloween costume of the Hancock out of a large cardboard box and foil paper. My older brother was the prue. I can tell you that we were not the first, nor last, Boston kids to collect candy dressed as the local urban icons. The Hancock Building is featured in guidebooks, on postcards, establishing shots in movies, just as Boston as our accents, clam chowder, or Harvard. The Hancock was designed by the firm of Pritzker Prize winner I.M. Pei, and the project architect was Harry Cobb, a legend in Boston. The building is cleverly planar, its slick surfaces somehow blending into the city and concealing an astounding 260,000 square meters of space spread over 60 stories. If you really look at the building in context, you begin to realize that it is actually huge. But somehow, it lets the 19th century, small-scale urban fabric of Boston's Back Bay read clearly. It never upstages its neighbors, including the outstanding brown-hued, ornate complexity of Trinity Church and the perfect pale stone of the Boston Public Library. The Hancock Building instead just is a sliver of the city and landscape reflected on itself. There's something to be learned from Cobb's Hancock design, something for the many global cities now grappling with how to add density in the form of skyscrapers, without destroying their core identities and urban fabric. Truly great buildings add to cities without subtracting, make them more fully themselves, just as they do the exact same thing to the city's inhabitants, cementing their relationship to their urban surrounds. You've been listening to Tall Stories, a Monocle 24 production. Today's episode was written by Jessica Bridger and produced and edited by David Stevens. Remember to tune in on Thursday for the full 30-minute edition of The Urbanist. I'm Andrew Tuck. Goodbye, and thank you for listening, city lovers. (laughs) 